Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Secret Stories from the Underground. Today, we have our friend April on the show. She's an amazing stand-up comedian, and uh, if you live in the Las Vegas region, we ask you to please get out and check out April Live. Um, She puts on such a wonderful live show. We talked to her about her time in Vegas, also what it's like to be a comedian on the road, and she gives us a lot of great stories. So we thank her for being an awesome guest. We thank you for listening to the podcast. And please, if you could, go give us a like, follow, or subscribe to the podcast. We don't really care what it is. Just do one of them three things for us, and we appreciate that. So anyway, enough of our shit. Here is our interview with our friend April. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, April, how you doing? Good, good. Better now that I'm talking to you guys. Awesome. Well, thank you for giving us your time. Welcome to the show. I'm here with Dean. How you doing? Hey, how are you? Doing well, doing well. So, uh, sorry about the technical issues. It's okay. You know, there's no there's no business like show business, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Some yeah, days because, we're barely in business. So. Exactly. And, and during the pandemic, it was just, there's no business. So, yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. how is, uh, how's your day going so far? So far, so good. Um, I, uh, I started the day with a big, um, I started the day with a bang. Okay. But, but like a good bang. Um, I found out, um, I got at the beginning of the week, me and some of my friends, and I'm going to get some of them to explain it. Um, we took uh, columnist John Katzlamides, and in Vegas we call him Johnny Katz, on a tour of a new property called the English Hotel. And we were, this week, we were on his Instagram and um, today we were in the print edition of the Las Vegas Review Journal. That is so awesome. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, that. That is really cool. I read the article there. Thank you. And it was a lot of fun. And basically the way we did it was uh, May. This is May Wilson. Hello, guys. How are you? Uh, May helped with the tour. Um, Hi, May. Hello. May is one of my puppets. Excuse me. The word is textile American. Equal pay for puppets. <laughs> Holla. Well, anyway, <laughs> fun fact about John Castlemedes. He actually is from, where is he from, May? Well, he's from my hometown of Pocatello, Idaho. That's right. He's from Pocatello. So we took him up to the rooms of the hotel, and there was a puppet in every room. So he comes in, and what are you doing, May? I'm on the bed, all sexy and ready to go for this sexy new property. Holla. <laughs> <laughs> and so then there were... um. There was Mortimer, Michelle Mortimer in another room, and then Dwayne Newton in the third room, and he's the one you saw. Um, but yes, uh, but we made the RJ. Correction, April. I helped you make the RJ. He didn't mention you, May. He mentioned me. Well, let's just put it this way. I'm still the star. Okay, Johnny Katz loves me, and he's mentioned me before. So if you're <laughs> listening, Johnny, May Wilson loves you. Okay, May Wilson loves you. Um, and I love you boys, too. No strings attached. So, you see, <laughs> my day is crazy as usual. Crazy, you're the one arguing with the chocolate egg roll. Excuse me. <laughs> Actually, I believe the Lord is textile American. Like I said, see, you even have me going with the self-hate. 
May definitely sounds but, like our kind of lady. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you that kind of lady? Let's just put it this way. I'm the perfect girl. Not only can I have sex with you all night long, but you can put words in my mouth and I'll tell you that you're the biggest and best I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. See, I need that kind of, I need that kind of build up, you know? <laughs> So you, you need that kind of build up, but what about honesty in a relationship, May? Hey, girl, who needs that? As I said, boys, you're the biggest and best I've ever had. <laughs> See, yeah. Okay, what if he's not? I'll still say you're the biggest and best I've ever had. But <laughs> what if he's not? Well, April, this is why you're always stuck paying for dinner. Holla! <laughs> <laughs> oh, See, Very honest puppet. <laughs> this is what this is what it's like to live with her all the time all the time well let's just put it this way so fellas next question do you like to get do you like to get you know no strings attached oh well you know <laughs> what i like and what my wife prefers are two different things i'll tell you man <laughs> you yeah. like some with a schizophrenic <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's like I'm your tiny girl. May, May again, he mentioned that his wife might be listening. Well, I don't count. Oh, <laughs> well, his wife may disagree. You know, we were actually doing a show where somebody's wife got mad at May. Really? Yeah, you know, she viewed me as a threat, and I'm like, You're right, I am a threat because I can do all the things you do, but only better, including deep throating. Ah. <sighs> <laughs> yeah uh luckily our wives don't run this show so that's yeah. not a concern here <laughs> so the why the wives don't run the show may so so why do you think you're better than a wife let's see i can deep throat and also i'll do things to you all night long and i won't expect a washer or dryer in return wow you don't expect a washer and dryer do you expect anything yes a trip to malibu okay <laughs> i love malibu See, this all works out. See, they, they love Malibu, May. I love Malibu, and I love to party. Holla! May Wilson, everybody. <laughs> but, May, why don't you get a guy, like, why don't, but why are you so dependent on men? Why don't you stand on your own two feet? He needs to do that when you can have these two handsome men taking care of you. <laughs> but but what about getting a job? You said the J word, <laughs> but May, a lot of people have jobs. These guys have jobs. But they're guys. They should work. I'm pretty. I shouldn't work. Ah. <laughs> ah. But May, it'll make you an independent woman. I don't want to be an independent woman. I want a sugar daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but but having a job, you know, that's why you're you might be broke. I do not hang around financially challenged people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But, May, what happened to your last sugar daddy? He died unexpectedly at the age of 97. <laughs> <laughs> but, so he left you out of his will. No, no, no. He put me in his will. It's his children that left me out of the will, okay? <laughs> oh, so his children. But that's all the more reason for you to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> See, and they get it, April. They're too pretty to work, too. No, it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> if we're basing this off of looks, I might need a second job. 
know what? You said that you're broke. This conversation is so elgar. <laughs> so shallow. But yes, she helped give Johnny Cats the tour. And now there's no living with her. I'm telling you. <laughs> but but it's this new property in town if you're in Vegas. It's the English Hotel. Um, the Pepper Club is the big restaurant there. It's Todd English. He's a celebrity chef. And Pepper is actually his dog. But the place is great. 74 rooms, six suites heated pool come and they're gonna there's gonna be a ribbon cutting this uh monday with the mayor uh the there's gonna be a ribbon cutting so i'm all excited and we're gonna be um doing a podcast with steve dennis who's the general manager of the hotel and it's gonna be called april in vegas so you'll see may as well as more puppets so how are you guys today (laughs) (laughs) well now better after talking to may she uh really made me feel good about myself (laughs) (laughs) she's I will say this for May. She's a lot of fun. I mean, granted, she would, um, she's one of these people that, you know, there are times that I think her values are corrupted, but she's got a good heart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I I think, yeah, I think that's most of us on. Really? Yeah. and I, but I admire that confidence. She says, I'm too pretty to work, and she goes for it. <laughs> so how long have you been in Vegas? I have been in Vegas since um, the end of 2019. I moved out here to do a residency um, called April Unwrapped with my puppets. And then I did two preview shows at the Notoriety Theater here in town. And then, bam, the world shut down. We were actually out there yeah, when that happened. Yeah, just yeah, we were, were out in Vegas about that time. Uh, we, were you out there the day the world shut down? Yeah, yeah so uh, we drove through there the night Vegas was dark. Yeah, it was very creepy. Oh yeah, it, it was creepy. And as a matter of fact, May and I were part of a um, protest to bring people back to work. It was um, the show business people, and it was about the unemployment benefits and stuff. We were riding down the strip in a limo. Okay. Now, I'm riding down the strip in a limo with May. She's having the time of her life, of course. And I'm just hoping that I don't fall off the back, or I mean convertible. I'm just hoping that I don't fall off the back of the convertible because, you know, I'm neurotic. And (laughs) we're driving down the strip, and it is empty. It was so weird. (laughs) Yeah, it seemed like something like out of an apocalypse movie. Yeah, like a zombie movie or some shit like that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they kept talking. They kept saying, oh, yeah, this, the, you know, everything's going to close. Everything's going to close. And we're like, nah, but it closed. And I'll say this, though. I mean, is COVID got all this press? And I mean, you guys are comedians. I'm a comedian. Weren't you thinking, dang, I want COVID's agent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we did decided to do the uh, Griswold vacation and drive cross country there to take the kids to Disneyland. Um called ahead they said that they would never shut down and then we got there and they shut down <laughs> of course you know it's like it's so much for it being a small world after all right <laughs> yeah yeah and i'll so, tell you even during covid disney is the happiest place on earth <laughs> <laughs> we think we got a day <laughs> so it's so it's, it's it's the happiest place on earth and it's so happy that nobody's there that's what makes it happy you have the whole place to yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, for everybody about, backs off you in line there. I'll for tell about you. <laughs> ten hours, April, we forgot people were dying. 
<laughs> You're like that ten hours. It's like, hey, let's forget about those other people. You know, eh. You know, your health, Disney. Your health, Disney. <laughs> you know, you you roll the dice when you go to Disney. Anyway, you never know what you walk away with. Yeah, so. exactly. And actually, and when you get to Disney, and this is the thing, you have so many people from so many different places that you probably um, are secretly immune to everything after leaving Disney. <laughs> that might be true because, knock on wood, I have not gotten the Rona. And believe me, I have not really, you know, I've put my place or myself in some questionable situations during the pandemic. Like Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I always say that I'm immune. Like, I don't think I'm immune to the Rona, like, because nobody is. And my sister was actually a frontline worker. She's an ER doctor. And um, so she was on the front lines during the Rona. And I was fortunate enough not to get sick. But I always say that the thing that gave me immunity was I lived in New York City for 10 plus years. I rode the subway every day. Um, and then I was a signal telegram delivery person and ventriloquist and stand-up comic. So I got changed in stairwells. I got changed in public restrooms. I used enough public restrooms. I rode enough buses and trains. I met enough people from all walks of life that I think I might be secretly immune to the Rona. I'm just saying. <laughs> I believe that. I've been to Iowa, and I think that's maybe why I'm immune. Have you ever been to that show? <laughs> Now that's a shithole, April. <laughs> Are you talking about Council Bluffs now? Oh my, oh god. my god, yeah. It's about 20 minutes away. Yeah. <laughs> Funny story about Council Bluffs, guys. I was um, a little ventriloquist, a little April, and um, they said to me, there was a comedy club that was in Omaha for two whole minutes, and they said to me, we need women, Okay. Because apparently they need women comedians. And so they, they, they hired me sight unseen. They had never seen one of my tapes. And they wanted me to feature because I was a woman, okay? It's the one time that, you know, being a woman worked in my favor. Whereas the other times I get paid less on the dollar. But the one time I decided to make it work for me. So I get out there and um, we're talking to, and I'm talking to the headliner I'm working with. And he's talking to me about working on the road. I've never worked on the road and I'm in Omaha. And he said, if you want to get a kick out of these people, if you want to get a big laugh, make fun of Council Bluffs. And I said, what's wrong with Council Bluffs? He's like, it is, it, he goes, it is like methed out. He goes, it's, it's a hellhole. He's like, the women have one tooth. And so I'm like, what? He goes, oh yeah, we should take a drive through there. <laughs> he goes, you'll feel good about yourself afterwards. You promise. So I made fun of Council Bluffs, and guess what? Like, they were howling. And so we took, yeah, and so, <laughs> yeah, and, it, but yeah, so I know Council Bluffs, yeah. So, uh, so, so whenever you want to feel good about yourselves, do you guys go to Council Bluffs? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah they call it Council Tucky here. The, the next <laughs> time you're in town, <laughs> April, the next time you're in town, we'll go over there and do a set together and make fun of them heathens, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're not, they're not, they're barely people. Okay. I'm just, <laughs> so, 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 so they, they don't count. So what you're telling me is like, on like on census, on the census, like what do they check off? Uh, uh, meth. Uh, other meth. <laughs> yeah. Other mutant. <laughs> yeah. And, well, it, it's like, yeah, it, it's like, but everybody was making fun of Council Tucky. And so like, 
because what was it? Some guy got arrested. Was this Council Tucky where he went on a high speed chase on a tractor away from a cop? Was that Council Tucky? That, that sounds about right. That, yeah. I can't confirm <laughs> that, but it sounds legit. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I actually have. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, I feel bad dissing Council Tucky. I mean, they're people too, and they're paying customers at times, and. Barely. <laughs> barely. Okay, barely. All right. They're probably not paying customers, but I actually have somebody here that did a gig in Council Tucky recently. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, I present to you um, Dwayne Newton, Mr. Almost Las Vegas. <laughs> hello, hello. Well, there. Dwayne uh, Newton. You're on, Dwayne. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Well, anyway, I, I did a show in Council Tucky. I, well, I just want to say that I got up there and this nice young woman, she said, you are the nicest looking man I've ever seen. Really? And I thought, well, what a nice young woman. And what happened? I looked around the room and I realized that she was right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dwayne, tell these guys a little bit about yourself. Well, I just want to say that before I do, I got the best booking ever in Council Tucky. Really? What What was the booking? Well, you see the folks of Council Tucky, they recognize my talent. Really? They recognize your talent? Yes, they booked me on the stage at ShopRite. The stage at ShopRite? <laughs> Actually, it was the toot and scoop, but who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> so, but you look like somebody, but you're not. Well, I'm Mr. Las Vegas' second cousin, twice removed. Twice removed? <laughs> yeah, I've been removed once by Casino Security, and I've been removed once by the Clark County Department of Health. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're not Mr. Las Vegas? No, little lady. I'm Mr. Angus Las Vegas. Angus <laughs> Las Vegas. And what's the song that you sang in Council Tucky? I sang... I'm Mr. Council Tucky. <laughs> Council Tucky. And, and what was the response you got? They said, you're a great entertainer and you're very smart. You're just like Shakespeare. Just like Shakespeare. Yes, because almost Council Tucky is the biggest word they ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so, and so, but have you ever met your famous cousin? You know, um, Wayne Newton, Mr. Las Vegas. Yes, he gave me his autograph once. Autograph, that's great. It was good and gold at the bottom of the restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> That'll and happen. So, <laughs> so, and so you met another guy in Council Tucky whose name is Dane Newton. Yes, I met Dane Newton. And he said that he's Mr. Almost Council Tucky. Really? <laughs> what happened? Well, I was performing at the stage at the Toot and Scoot, ShopRite. And he said, son, when I get out of here, I'm going to make sure you never work in Council Tucky again. <laughs> and, 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 and what did he say? He said, son, that's not a threat. That's a fact. Really? <laughs> and what did you say? I said, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> and so, but, so, but where did you go after Council Tucky? Well, let's just put it this way. I was booked at the El Cortez. The El Cortez. That's actually a great Las Vegas hangout, guys. It's old school. So the yeah, El we've Cortez, been there. That's a great casino. That, that's a great upgrade from Council Tucky. 
actually a little lady. It was the El Cortez Cantina in Guadalajara. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so, but tell these guys what you did. Well, I just want to say that I got some press. Some press. Yes, I took Johnny Katz of the Las Vegas Review Journal on a tour. And what happened? He put me on his Instagram. He put you on his Instagram. Nice. Nice. So, but that's not your first time on TV. No, as a matter of fact, I went on television before. Really? Yes, and I got three offers. Three offers? That's exciting. One was from an undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) One was from a psychiatrist. (laughs) And one was from the booking agent and counsel Tucky. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying that I'm being on, so you're saying that your recent Instagram appearance was an upgrade. Yes, I am. And to Johnny Katz, I just want to say thank you so much. And to the people of the English Hotel, I love you. And guys, I love you. And I just want to sing my my signature song. Okay, can you do it a cappella? Yes. Don't shame, darling, don't shame. Thank you for having me on the show again. It's been fun being on the show. Guys, you really know I've got to go to Kroger's Supermarket Slough <laughs> where I work. Dunk of Shane, darling, Dunk of Shane. Thank you for having me on the show again. Someday when they get a gaming license, I hope to appear at Whole Foods. <laughs> dunk of Shane, darling, Dunk of Shane. That's not the song. Well, April, you're the one screwing it up, little darling. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, folks, i got to go do my set at the Kroger Supermarket Slot Parlor. But I just want to say that it's been real talking about Council Tucky. Thank you so much, Dwayne. Oh, well, thank you for being on. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. I'd forgotten that he'd done the booking at Council Bluffs, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, you're, uh, you're very funny and very talented at what you do. How did you get inspired to get into this style of comedy? Well, I say any good thing in my life has been an accident. Um, The fact of the matter is, is that um, when I was a little April, I was a very shy kid. Um, Kids picked on me all the time. And um, I was very shy. As a matter of fact, like talking actually hurt, if that makes sense. And so I also grew up without cable because it's all about making me popular. (laughs) and I had three channels growing up and um one of the and as a matter of fact we had an antenna that's how old I am and we would steal Nickelodeon on the antenna we would like Rugrats okay that's about as low (laughs) as you can get so my brother was playing football and my dad was living vicariously through my brother because why wouldn't he right so anyway my parents were educators and their whole thing was you live here, you're going to be a thinker until my brother played football. And I grew up in Western Pennsylvania. It's football country. And so my dad wanted cable to see the local games, but he only wanted one channel. So you should have heard my dad on the phone with the um, cable people. Mr. Brooker, you have to get all 30 channels, but I only want one. And so after an hour, <laughs> And this was Brooker's last stand. We got cable. So suddenly I had arrived. I got cable. I got MTV. And I was watching the MTV, as my dad called it, every day. (laughs) So one night after one of my brother's games, my dad discovers, as he's watching the local sports channel, that 30 channels mean 
30 times more commercials. <laughs> and my dad hates commercials. So we're going through the channel. So we're watching the games and it goes to commercial. He hates commercials. And we turn to A&E and they're doing a ventriloquist tribute to Edgar Bergen. It's a tribute. And it's a bunch of ventriloquists there. Okay. And um, we all try to talk like them because this is crazy. And it's Jeff Dunham, Ron Lucas, Sherry Lewis, all those folks. And because I have my great-grandmother's sideways Irish smile, I was the only one that could do it. And so that Christmas, they got me a puppet. They got me a Groucho Marks under the tree. That's very nice. cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so from there, I was hooked. <laughs> so did you ever take any kind of classes once you got that, or are you all self-taught? I'm a self-taught ventriloquist, but I figured I want to act. I want to do X, Y, and Z. Like, I wanted to do it all. Like, suddenly there was this thing that just went off in me. And so I started to take acting classes. And for a while, I thought, well, I'm going to be a classical actress that just can do ventriloquism. And um, and I also had my own show growing up called April Talk, where I interviewed local celebrities. And I actually interviewed um, Senator Tim Murphy. But and at the time, I thought, even though he's a Republican, he's a very nice man. But I think that he was just eyeing me up so I would become his mistress. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what I know, think. So, there's always an agenda. <laughs> yeah, there's always an agenda. And then I had April Rock, where I interviewed Beans. And then I had Storytime with April and Friends, where uh, my six-year-old clown puppet, Sweetie Pie, and she's doing homework right now, we um, read bedtime stories to children, and we sent our tapes all over and I was in 36 states six countries in the world wide web when it was brand new and so but even though I liked doing television and I was you know getting some legs and I was in this New York City TV guide I really liked the theater and I thought well I'll do this blah, blah, blah. like I just you know I was like a bouncy kinetic ball and I also wrote and that's the thing that I'm really probably the best at is writing because I can write and you know and dealing with people sometimes for me is very hard I, I consider myself, even though I'm extroverted, after shows sometimes, I just want to close the door and eat Indian food and watch Netflix. It's just the truth. <laughs> yeah. we, we have a lot in common, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So, yeah. um, anyway, and so I just was very kinetic, and I actually won writing awards in high school. And so I wanted to do everything. And so, but I was really like, okay, I'm just going to get the training of the stage and see where that goes. So I go to New York City with my puppets, and my first year in New York City was terrible. I'm not going to lie. I was in this acting program where I saw a lot of bottom-of-the-shelf, uncreative people being um, encouraged. And it really hurt because I felt like I was more creative than my classmates, and I discovered that I really did like writing my own work and creating it and performing it and that was going to be my ticket um and for as much as I love Shakespeare that was not going to be my ticket and um and it was a very strange time in my life because I would literally eat it all day in class but then they would have a dorm talent show that night where I would kill it with my puppets and so I had this one acting teacher tell me that I would never be a performer she said you don't have the talent you know you better find something else you're good at you're young enough but I'm just like, but I just killed it in the storm talent show, lady. <laughs> so anyway, what happened was I promised my mom that I wouldn't leave school for one more year. I would give it another year. I was able to change tracks and I was very fortunate 
that, you know, I was able to do that. But around the same time that I was changing tracks and getting new teachers, I wandered into a comedy club to get out of the rain. I just wandered in. And I remember being there and seeing the comedians on stage. And I was like, okay, this is a place that I can write and create my own work and tell jokes and make people laugh with my puppets. This is where I need to be. And I felt more at home there than I ever did as a classical actor. And so that led to me doing comedy. And so that second year of college, it was so crazy because I was lucky enough that second year to go to a place and the, and this was Lee Strasberg. It's affiliated with NYU. It's probably their best training. I knock on wood. I had teachers that encouraged me. Um, They're like, okay, you do this, but here's the thing. If you can act and do other things, like, you know, you, it's, it's limitless, but also, you know, you have a range on you and you can do this. And I'm like, Oh my God. So I would be doing um, night mother, which is crazy drama during the day. And then at night, I'd be doing, like, some set somewhere, and I'd be telling dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, Mom, you know, i got to kill myself. And then I'd be going to tell dick jokes. <laughs> but that is so just true to show business, though, the way it works. like Yeah. And then one day, and this was right before, um, and I did my first guest spot that night, because I remember it. I went to the village, and... That year, because I had switched some things around, my Tuesdays were very long days. And I had an acting class in the morning. My teacher was incredible. And I did a monologue about killing my boyfriend with a hammer. Or no, I killed my mother with a hammer. I'm sorry. I killed my mother with a hammer. And so then I had to take this psych exam. And then May and I got up and we told dick jokes. And so <laughs> afterwards, my the guy that ran the club is like, so how was your day? It's like, well, this morning I killed my mother with a hammer. Then I took a psych test. Now I'm telling dick jokes with a puppet. And he goes, well, it's good that you had the psych test in between April. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So uh, how many puppets do you have? I have 36 puppets. Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot of puppets. How do you get them? Like, do you make them yourself or? Well, if I want them to look good, I have somebody else make them. I know my limitations and the (laughs) stuff that I'm good at in life, I am really good at. And the stuff that I am terrible at life at, I just really suck bottom at. (laughs) It is true. It's like, and as I've gotten older, I've gotten better about managing that anxiety because like with most people, like most people with neuroses and anxiety, I will bail on myself and people are like, why are you tuning out? It's like, no, dude, you are overwhelming me like hell. But, um, <laughs> but if I wanted to look good, I have somebody else make it. Like I have an idea of what I want and actually I will, or sometimes um, I'll have somebody else make it or I'll go to a store and I'll see a puppet that needs to be rescued. And, and I'll rescue the puppet and um, people will give me puppets that need homes. And so I inherit them. I consider myself a puppet mother, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that that's so many personalities to come up with. How do you do that? You know, well, the, thing, the thing is, is that sometimes um, they, they reveal themselves. It's all character development. And again, um, I'm just going to shout out to a lot of the wonderful teachers that I had at Lee Strauss and even the wonderful teachers that I had in my MFA and creative program at Antioch is um, 
sometimes it's like you can look for a character, look for a character, look for the personality, and you hit a wall. But sometimes you have to let them reveal themselves to you. And there's one character that I had. And I wanted a magician puppet because um, if you've ever worked with Lawn, if you've ever seen a Lawn News act, I recommend it. He's a mentalist friend of mine. And I was working with that. Uh, and I'm, and he's my manager now, Clinton Billups. And Clinton had represented Kreskin and he was representing a Lawn New and worked with mentalists. And mentalists and magicians are different. And I know I'm circling the airplane. I do that. Uh, but anyway, long story short, I'm like, I need a magician puppet. So I saw this magician puppet in store. So anyway, I was like, okay, but I want to make him a bad magician. <laughs> so I, at first he had the accent from nowhere, which didn't work. It's a joke that my brother and I had growing up. You know, you've seen bad acting where you're like, what the hell's that accent? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and my brother used to go, that is the accent from nowhere. And it was a joke <laughs> we had. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I was like, okay. I want him to have an accent from nowhere. But then I just remember showing it to uh, Clinton and Clinton's like, that doesn't work. Give him a New York accent. So I resisted it. And I'm like, okay, I'll give him a New York accent. And so he was a bad magician. And I'm like, why is he a bad magician? Because with a character, you always have to have a why. Okay. Because a why drives everyone. We always have an answer for doing something like making fun of council bluffs. Why do we make fun of them? One, to feel superior. And two, they make it possible. <laughs> 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 so that's why we make fun of council bluffs but um my point is is that it's like his why was missing and so anyway i was in new york mob show and i was acting in that show as cookie and it was a show where i had a lot of different roles but cookie was the one that i played the most and she was like the slut the slut girlfriend the gold digger whatever the gumon and the New York Mob Show is the longest running off-Broadway dinner theater show in the, in New York. And so I got I went really down the rabbit hole with my mob research. Like, what was that like? Like, what was New York life like during that time? And then I would watch Goodfellas and stuff. And are you guys familiar with In Living Color? Yes. yes. Well, there was a character called Homie the Clown. Oh, yes. And Homie's a bad clown. Because Homie is on parole, and this is his job. <laughs> he hates it. And he hates the kids. And I thought, why is he a bad magician? He's in witness protection. And what the hell are you all talking about? You're talking about me? Vinny two times. <laughs> so, Vinny, why do they call you Vinny two times? Because they only had to tell them twice. <laughs> <laughs> So that that's a nice wand you got there. Thanks. It's no good. No good? Yeah. When I entered the program, the marshals gave it to me when they took away my baseball bat. <laughs> like your wand. Well, fellas, this is a nice show you have. Yeah, it's a really nice show. Thank you. It would be most unfortunate if you didn't laugh at my jokes. <laughs> you see what I mean? You can't threaten the host. I didn't say I was threatening them. I was asking them nicely. <laughs> so you're a wise guy, Vinny. Yes, because I'm a wise guy. You want to hear me tell a joke? Sure, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. How many casino security guards does it take to throw a slot cheat off the top of the stratosphere? Uh, I don't know how many. None. He fell. 
accent. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> See, I'm not bad. This is why I'm a wise guy. Uh-huh. So, but that's a nice tuxedo. I don't like it. It's no good. It's no good. Yeah, because I'm a stand-up guy. You're a stand-up guy. I'm not a snitch. Okay, what does this have to do with anything? I just want to let these stand-up comedians know that I'm a stand-up guy. Even when I'm sitting down in a lawn chair on a construction site. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad. So anyway, Vinny, uh, let's talk about your magic career. Where did you make your debut? Upstate New York. Upstate New York. How long was the engagement? Six to eight years. <laughs> <laughs> but I got out early. Oh, and uh, where did you play? I did the college circuit. You know, Sing Sing, Attica, Rikers Island. <laughs> <laughs> it's where I discovered I was good at it. Okay, and so you were telling me you did a big trick there. Yes. It was my grand illusion. My piesto resistant. What happened? My case was up for appeal. And ta-da! A dead fish magically appeared in the prosecutor's mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> We're so glad. So anyway, you can't really do magic on the radio, but um, are you doing any tricks now? Yes, I've been doing one this entire interview. Really? And what was it? Making you look like a good ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's the way it's going to be. But fellas, I wish you were here. Because April's making my lawn levitate. I'm not making my lawn <laughs> levitate, Vinny. It's my other lawn. You know, like Magic Johnson. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so glad. But, but before we go, have you done any magic here in Vegas? Yes. Oscar Goodman got me a gig. Oscar Goodman, he was my lawyer. Your lawyer? Yeah, I even helped get him elected. Wow, how did you do that? Well, you see... I brought in all the votes from Woodlawn Cemetery. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> logged up. That's the joke. <laughs> Do I gotta start breaking legs? So did you vote for Oscar when he ran? Yes, several times. So several times? Yes, several times every time he ran. <laughs> that that's great, Benny, as we used to say in Vegas, vote early, vote often. <laughs> I'm so glad. Well, anyway, gotta go check in with parole. You see, because let me tell you something, fellas. You're married, right? Yep. Yep. Don't ever cheat on your wife. Because my God, I've got her everything, and you know what she does? What does she do, Benny? She sells me out to the feds. <laughs> <laughs> so the moral of the story is under every skirt, there's a slip and a wire. <laughs> good advice good advice they call it a honey trap because it'll take away your freedom literally <laughs> many two times very good we've always tried to get people to talk about crimes they've committed on the podcast and nobody's had the ball until now <laughs> I know and this is why he got caught I told him Vinny Vinny you know this is what I gotta put up with all the time that's awesome. So when you go out and you perform, how do you pick who's going to go up that? Well, a lot of it depends. Um, back in 2012, 
I did a lot, or not 2012, sorry, 20, from 2016 to about 2020, I did a lot of stuff with Donald J. Trump. Um, he was the other dummy in the White House. And so, <laughs> and so a lot of the reason that I developed Vinny, who's in witness protection out here in Vegas, was because I, I tend to make fun of everybody. I will admit I swing to the left, but I make fun of everybody because everybody's ridiculous. And I feel that by making fun of everybody, um, I'm not only a better person but i'm a better comedian because life is very short okay and once again take- we have that in common we are the same way so yeah. yeah and and you know and here's the thing um life is bring him out and then there were some times where people's people are like okay we don't want political stuff or it depends like Dwayne newton does a lot of stuff here in vegas um may goes everywhere people love may okay and um, and sometimes if it's children, it's Sweetie Pie. And then, of course, there are newer characters that I'm developing. And so sometimes I'll throw a newer character in the middle. And during a longer set, everybody will come. And then I also like to vary it up, too. Uh, there's Joe Biden time. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to meet the president? Yeah. <laughs> will he remember he was on the show? <laughs> he might not, okay? Because napping right now <laughs> of course <laughs> but sometimes though um he he naps and so anyway hello this is joe Biden time joe biden time <laughs> ladies and gentlemen hello, right. hello hello joe Biden time here hey so, joe so joe you are the um where am I again, and who are these two young men talking on this talking <laughs> talk? Uh, they're, 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 they're interviewing me. Oh, yeah, that's right. So how do you feel about invading the Ukraine? Ukraine. When I was a boy in Scranton, <laughs> by the name of Ukraine. <laughs> and what happened to her? Well, she wasn't a very nice girl, and all the boys in the town talked about her. <laughs> Okay, so you're the oldest person ever to be elected president. Knock on wood, I was quick as a whip. Knock on wood, I was strong as an ox. Knock on wood, who's there at the door? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, how are you going to handle the Ukraine? Here's the deal. Number one, we're not going to let Russia bully the Ukraine. Number two, if they invade the Ukraine... We're going to go to war. Number four. Number four, Mr. President? <laughs> right, I said number four. Where was I again? <laughs> Ew, you guys are not seeing this. He's sniffing my hair. Ew. <laughs> Ew. I just want to say that the fact of the matter is April is a good girl. You just sniffed my hair. Yeah, she's a good girl because she's wearing Canteen Crow V. it's what we call product placement so how how are how are things with your female vice president calamari harris is a very extinguished woman (laughs) she talked me out of wearing cornrows for this interview (laughs) so but you're wearing the ray-bans because if this whole politics thing doesn't work out i want to be a rapper a rapper (laughs) yeah drop me a beat Folks, it's me, Uncle Joey B. When I was a little boy in Scranton, see, I stuttered, and now I'm restored in America most definitely. 
The fact of the matter is, I wear these shades. Here's the deal. I'm cool cat. And if you're clootin', I'm not a wimp. So you better step back. Hi-ya! <laughs> now I have arthritis and that hurts. <laughs> so, 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 but do you guys have any questions for the president? Are we getting another stimulus? <laughs> when I was a boy in Scranton, I had a crush on this girl by the name of Jill. And I said, Jill, you want to see my stimulus? <laughs> not, not that kind of stimulus. They, they mean stimulus like money. Oh, that's stimulus. Yes, yes, yes. When I was a boy in Scranton, <laughs> and the nuns used to beat me from my stutter. I was learning Latin, and I said, I need to stimulus my mind. <laughs> That's not answering the question. Okay, next question. <laughs> What's Kamala smell like? <laughs> what is What does Kamala smell like? Well, here's the deal. I tried to smell Kamala's hair, and she slapped me upside the head. <laughs> She's pretty tough. She's got a right hook. I can see that. <laughs> you know, Kamala's been taking me for walks. Walks! You see, because sometimes, fellas, can I let you in on a secret? What, what's the secret you want to let them in on? I use a wheelchair sometimes. <laughs> I really? can believe it. Where's she, where's she been taking you on these walks? She wanted me to see the scenery over the side of the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> we were getting closer and closer and closer, and I said, shouldn't we be going back home? And what happened? Well, some kids came up and she said, oh, darn, witnesses. <laughs> so how do you feel about marijuana, Mr. President? When I was a boy in Scranton, we had a foreign exchange student from Puerto Rico named Marijuana. <laughs> What'd she smell like? <laughs> she smelled very pungent, let me tell you. <laughs> and like uh, another and like another good Democrat, I smoke, but I did not inhale. <laughs> Oh, see, that's only why I'm considered half of a Democrat, because I inhale all the time. <laughs> Is Jill listening to this? <laughs> You're safe. Ow! Ow! What's going on, Mr. President? Jill put a shock collar on me, so when I get derailed in interviews, ow! Ow! <laughs> ow! 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 What's Jill saying? Jill's saying it's time for my nap. Well, anyway... Vote early, vote often, just like that other young man said. <laughs> God bless America, and God protect our troops. Oh, thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, yeah thanks for uh, <laughs> saving us from the other guy. I just wish you were a little better. <laughs> I know, I know. And by the way, do you want to do you want to do you want to hear from the other guy? He's here. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah why not? <laughs> that could be interesting. <laughs> Oh. oh, Joe was a lot of fun, though. That was good. I know. He's a nice guy. He just needs to take his naps, and for, he forgets where he is. I yeah. This is Donald J. Trump, and I'm just going <laughs> to say that I'm not the other guy. I'm actually the president, and I won. He's a loser. <laughs> so, 
so Mr. Tramp, let's talk about um, where, what are your plans for the future? Well, I won this election. You won this election. Yes. Like the Bengals won the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going to do? I'm calling back in 2024. That's and sad. What are you gonna, and how, are you, how do you plan to restore America in 2024? I plan to make America great again. Great again? No, I plan to make America white again. Uh, <laughs> so, and, and, and so, uh, you know, the Better Biz- Business Bureau didn't give you a great rating. No, they gave me a triple A rating. A triple A rating? No, you didn't hear that. It's a triple K rating. K, K, K. So what do you think of coronavirus? Coronavirus? There's only one way to cure that. And I cured myself. And how'd you do that? I drank plenty of beer. Duh. <laughs> well, so, if it works, but, that's... And so, that's but a- you, you drank a lot of beer. And so, what do you think of coronavirus? Well, coronavirus is a virus that eats my line because it hurt the American people. And how did it hurt the American people, Mr. President? It was made in China and named after something in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> So, but how, so what's Milan, what's, what's, what's your wife doing these days? Well, let's just put it this way. My wife and I, my wife has something in common. My wife and Garley have something in common. And what's that? They're always faking it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you guys something? When I come back in 2024, I'm going to restore America. How are you going to restore America? You see, I'm going to focus on family values. Family values. You know what the number one cause of divorce is? Money? Wrong! Marriage! You can't make this (laughs) stuff up. (laughs) Where was this guy two years ago? I'd have voted for him. (laughs) So, but what about this wall you were going to build? That didn't happen. Well, you know, I wasn't a career politician when I ran, but now I am. See? Look at how good I'm doing my job. Or I did it. (laughs) So, but what was going to happen with the wall? Well, it was going to be a wall, then a fence, then the straight line. We just resorted to the honor system. (laughs) You see, this is going to be huge. Did you collude with the Russians? Did I collude with the Russians? They gave me an or they gave me they gave me a code name. And what was the code name? Cheeto. (laughs) And so, but what 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 entices you about the Russians? Well, we have something in common, Russian women and I. What? I like golden showers. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I will say, though, I miss having you as a part of the act, Mr. Tramp. You made America interesting, even though we were going to die. Yes, and now your act without me. I'm going to put you away, but Donald J. Tramp, um, but by the way, uh, for a while in my show, The Lady and President Tramp, Mr. Tramp had a puppet of his own by the name of Mike Dispense. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to hear from Mr. Dispense? Yeah. What Donald J. Tramp did was wrong. <laughs> he was wrong and I had the authority to stand up to him. But now I'm standing on my own. <laughs> what do you got to say now that you're standing on your own? 
Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and a woman shouldn't have the right to choose, I should as a male lawmaker. <laughs> so I shouldn't have the right over my own body. No, you shouldn't have the right over your own body. Because anybody that puts bad jokes in a puppet's mouth shouldn't be trusted to make decisions. <laughs> okay, so, so, but you finally stood up to Donald J. Trump. Yes, and I better hide before he takes our lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, uh, thank you for being on the show and destroying America for eight years. <laughs> or four, 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 yeah. four. <laughs> Sorry, Biden picked up where you left off. Felt, like <laughs> felt like eight. Yeah. Well, America's gonna, like, we're, we're all going to hell anyway. It's like, and I feel like, you know, there's, there's this, that. We might as well laugh. That's how I feel. Like, that is 100% so, true. Very so, true. Yeah, Have you ever gotten any backlash from doing the presidential puppets? Yes. Um, I did a show. Oh, gosh. Tons. I've gotten death threats, um, which are fun. And I don't <laughs> normal, And I don't take death threats seriously when somebody can't spell die. <laughs> yeah, those three-letter words are tricky. <laughs> I know. I know. They were probably from Council Bluffs. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a few from Council Bluffs. So. <laughs> compare notes yeah. later. Yeah, we'll compare well, notes. You're not funny. Then one guy told me that someday I will have to answer to the devil, D-E-V-E-L. <laughs> and I think, yeah, and so I've gotten death threats. I was doing um, the lady and President Trump in New York City where somebody actually threatened to blow the venue up. Wow. Yeah, then I was at the Republican National Convention with Donald J. Trump. We were with a group called Stand Together Against Trump. And this was actually one of the scariest and funniest things that happened to me. I was doing Donald J. Trump, and this guy with the handlebar mustache comes up and says, why do you hate Trump? And, of course, as a spokesperson, I have my talking points ready that I don't hate Trump. I just... Don't stand for his policies, which are xenophobic and discriminatory, blah, blah. And he's like, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to him. And he points to the puppet. And so he starts arguing back and forth with Donald Trump. <laughs> and of course, Clinton Billups, my manager's there. He's a former cop and he's flagging down um, an Ohio cop and he's in the square. And um, these guys are just laughing because this guy is just like, real he's just really this unhinged and stupid and he was probably actually from council bluffs and they just <laughs> <laughs> he just wandered over <laughs> and so anyway after a few minutes he looks at donald j Trump and, go and goes if that's the way it's gonna be fine and he just walks off <laughs> that's uh, awesome <laughs> That was the hardest part about comedy, in my opinion, over that period of time was how much nobody could take a joke about one asshole, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I got it from and then there was there were comedians that consider themselves liberals, which, you know, it's like I'm not going to tell somebody how to label themselves. But they were like offended when he would that when I would satirize Trump's racism and stuff because i would satirize it i because he would make because i would make jokes about it you know the <laughs> crazy stuff that he would say and they'd be like well because the puppet is saying these things you're a racist and you're this and you're that and, and i'm like you know what it's like you're the person that has no friends of color <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes 
Yes. Uh, and so you're and so but they're but you're wagging your finger at these Trump supporters who and no doubt in my mind, these are some very hateful, bigoted people. But you're also an intolerable jackass because you're just like yelling and screaming just to be offended. You just want to be offended. Like you yeah. are offended. like these are the people that, you know, at the feedback open mics, we used to have them in New York City where they would raise their hand and they're like, oh, I don't know if you should joke about this. I don't know if you should joke about that. And then you would see their acts. And and it's just like the 90s called Seinfeld wants his material back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's funny that you point that out because Dean and I have just recently gone through that battle in our personal life with people that we used to work with that mm-hmm. politics became more important. Uh, you know, being on one side became more important than actually being good at the work that yeah. we were putting in. And, mm-hmm. you know, it became more important than the work itself. So, you know, if, if it's that way for you, go be a politician. You know, exactly. get out of it. Yeah. We're if not a political th- act, so it yeah. didn't work for us. <laughs> yeah, and here's the other thing. If you are that upset and, and and I've and I've canvassed for people, I have petitioned, I have phone banked. If you are that upset, don't fight with your friends. Phone bank, okay? Do some work, please. <laughs> yes. yes. And and trust me, after you phone bank and canvas, it will test your tenacity because you will not want to save the world after you canvas. Sometimes you're going to be like, screw the world. Like, let's just let it burn. Um, and I kid you not. One time I was canvassing for the Democrats and it's good that there was a donkey on the front door because after a day of canvassing, you always feel like an ass. And, um, <laughs> April, are you there? April. Are you there? April. Hello? April. That's uh, Demon Rat. I'm I've just been promoted. <laughs> <laughs> canvassing. Didn't you do canvassing? Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I I did that uh in Detroit. <laughs> oh dear! You probably have some crazy stories. It was fun. <laughs> After doing that in a day of Detroit, you pray that somebody kills you in a drive-by. <laughs> There's certain neighborhoods you get through quickly. Yeah, <laughs> you get through very quickly, and you run out of there, right? It's a power walk like hell up and down the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's certain houses that you don't even stop for. You just yeah. assume that they don't vote. Like the ones <laughs> yes. with six dogs that are taller than me. Yeah. <laughs> or a guy that looks like he just might be a convicted felon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, the world has definitely gone crazy. It's sad. But, you know, there's nights that I want to save the world. And I go to bed and I wake up and I walk out the front door and I say, fuck it. You it's, know, that's it's a, not sad, worth saving. Yeah, sad though, not- is it? They put so many rules on comedy because that's supposed to have has always been a a distraction from the real world. Yeah. And that, yeah. you know, you, you make fun of it. And that's where, you know, when the last dude came into office, you couldn't make fun of the president anymore. And before that, you always made fun of the president. I know. No matter what no matter yeah. what a Republican, Democrat, whatever he, they did on SNL, they do, you know, that was a very common theme. And it didn't mean that you liked or hated the person you just they just made fun of them <laughs> and yeah. also it's what's known as punching up they're the president they're the leader of the free world 
accepted. Right? <laughs> yeah, I can make a joke about you. You're still the leader of the free world. Nothing's changed. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, and here's the thing. You get so many people on both sides that want to cancel comedy and be offended. And when I see comedians do it, whether they are conservative comedians that didn't like the Michelle Wolf wrote, whether um, leftist comedians are offended by jokes that they don't like, I always just want to say to them, if you spent all this energy that you took being offended and actually writing a joke, you would have one hell of an act. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, we agree on yeah. so much for sure. Uh, that's uh, that's exactly how we feel for sure. Because people just spend too much time bitching these nowadays. And everybody feels like they have an opinion. And I blame that on social media. Oh, yeah, because it yeah. somehow validated everybody that people care how you feel. You know? <laughs> it, well, you know, we kind of grew up in a generation where we were told all the time, nobody gives a shit about your feelings. So <laughs> right. Nobody does give a shit about your feelings. Right? Yeah. And now it's just people are more validated with that self. You know, right. of you have to treat everybody with a false. Yeah. Uh, uh, Get that word out, Dean. Act like you it's don't smoke. Very weed. genuine. <laughs> I, I don't uh, demeanor because you can't just be yourself. Um, you can't be open and just joke about things because everything is so serious. Yeah, everything's really serious. Like to give you an idea of how serious everything is. A few years ago, I was in Chipotle getting some food, and there was a young woman interviewing for a job at Chipotle and a fast food job. I mean. And I'm not dissing anybody that works fast food, okay? And I'm not disrespecting the jobs. But she had on, but she was like dressed in a business suit. She had like a resume and she was trying hard in this interview. And I just was, and I posted something on Facebook because I was like, wow, it's just an interview at a Chipotle, dude. You know, it's like crackheads work there. Let's get real. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I was like, um, you know, it's a fast food job. Like people that, and I'm not dissing Chipotle, but people that just got out of jail work at fast food. Okay. These are kids and people that just got out of jail. And so, but she's trying really, but she was like, you would have thought she was interviewing at a Fortune 500 company. So I wrote about it on Facebook and this guy's like, how dare you look down on her? You are one puppet away from needing that job. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> And it's like, okay, one, you're probably right. I am actually two puppets away from needing that job. Be nice. <laughs> but um, still, I was like, don't you get the irony of the situation? It's like, it's like I've known people that have that have interviewed for Burger King, and they're like, okay, do you have a car? <laughs> 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 That's how low the standards are. Do you have a car, or not yeah. even a car? Do you have reliable transportation? Like, does your bus come on time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's yeah, uh but i just was like wow i'm like dude it's like this is chipotle like turn it down if you notice <laughs> if you had more ambition you wouldn't be working at chipotle <laughs> yeah, exactly take that freaking ambition in that business suit and interview somewhere that needs it like a bank <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh april you've been such a wonderful guest uh we're gonna get off here but uh, we hope to have you back anytime in the future. Uh, anytime you got something coming on, let us know. We'd love to talk with you more. Um, okay, perfect. We'd love to. And guys, visit me at aprilbrooker.tv. 
visit me on Instagram at April Brooker, um, YouTube, April Brooker Comedy. I just monetized that sucker. Yeah, that's right. Woo woo. <laughs> awesome. Um, interview me like April Brooker Comedy, TikTok, Instagram are at April Brooker. Facebook is at April Brooker, and I'm at AprilBrooker.tv. And also watch April in Vegas. It's dropping in April, and come visit me at the English Hotel. Awesome. You got awesome. a YouTube channel as well, correct? Yeah, April Brooker Comedy. Just monetize okay. it, baby. Okay, that's what you said. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, when our guests go on the plug thing, sometimes I have a hard time keeping up. I always got to listen back and what was said. So. Oh, and and buy and buy my calendar. And um, guys, it's me posing seductively. It's awesome. At least I, I think I, it is. I, I noticed on Facebook that you got a couple of really nice photos. So you thank know. you. My dad, yes. I haven't showed my dad the calendar yet, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> well, I'll buy one for me and my dad. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> you you let us know what your dad thinks, and we'll let you know what our dad thinks. <laughs> <laughs> I would not tell you his thoughts, okay? Just I would save you from that. Yeah, April. Repeat a damn thing yeah. he says. <laughs> <laughs> but. No, thank you so much for being here. And like I said, you can be a guest anytime. You were so wonderful to talk to. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Have a great one, April. You too. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.